Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Remember, remember, the 5th of November, gunpowder treason and plot. I see no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Guy Fawkes, Guy Fawkes, twas his intent to up, blow up king and parliament. Three score barrels of powder below, poor England to overthrow. By God's providence he was catched with a dark lantern and burning match. Holler boys, holler boys, let the bells ring. Holler boys, holler boys, God save the king. That, my friends, was a poem celebrating the the uh, um, catching and overthrowing of a Protestant, oh, sorry, Catholic um, plot to blow up Parliament in 1605, killing uh, all inside and King James I, um, because he was a Protestant king and did not believe in the Catholic, Catholic Church and uh, crushed all Catholic religion under his foot. Um, it was illegal to be Catholic and to practice Mass um, in England at that time, uh, following on from 45 years of reign of Queen Elizabeth I, who was exactly the same. So, the reason I brought that up is it's I'm recording here on Halloween on the 31st of October and a very gloomy, grey and wet day in Canberra. And in a few days' time, on the 5th of November, will be, will be bonfire night, 5th of November. Um, and we have celebrated that in the UK um, for 400 years. And I felt that uh, I just wanted to talk about it because it made me think about um, revolution and rebellion. Uh, and those that don't know anything about or don't know the quirky British institution of bonfire night, what we would do is for the weeks leading up to it, we would be um, hoarding old clothes and kindling and wood and scraps of rubbish. We would go and buy our fireworks, usually um, you know, British British made ones like penny bangers and things like that and rockets uh, from the local news agent. And we would then on, on bonfire night, we would make a, a, a bonfire in the back of the garden if we had a big enough space. Um, kindling and rubbish and on top of that bonfire we would put a stuffed effigy of 
like jeans and old jackets or whatever, stuffed with old cloths, and we'd put a, a head of a, a you know a stuffed head on, and we'd put a mask of say um, Guy Fawkes on a plastic mask on. We used to use ones like Thatcher and stuff like that. I think I did a Reagan one one year. And we would cook roast potatoes in the fires and we'd have friends over and we'd let the fireworks off safely and watch the fireworks display. Or if you didn't want to do that, you'd go to a registered fireworks display. Usually where I grew up in North London in Coptall in the woods there. It was very good near the, near the swimming pool, Coptall Stadium. Um, and then um, what we would do, raggy-ass kids that were, you think it was a, a, a sort of legal form of begging called Penny for the Guy where you would stuff the guy, before you burnt him, you take him on a, usually on a, like a wheelbarrow, or you carry him, and you put him near, like, I used to do a train station, and you just shout, penny for the guy, and people would just chuck money in your hat. It was basically registered, um, you know, sort of begging. Um, but when we used the money then, we went to use that money to buy, to buy fireworks, which we often did, um, to be to be fair. Um, and so it made me think of, rebellion and revolution and then i thought about rock and roll and heavy metal and rock in general and music in general and and evolution sorry revolution and rebellion and i thought where would we be i know it's quite um, a tangent i've gone on a tangent but do come with me guys do come with me um i thought where would we be in music if there was no revolution and no rebellion um would it would it where would music that we know today that we listen to today would it have evolved that way and I genuinely deeply thought about this and I don't think it would have done um, because the heart of, of, of rock and roll is rebellion uh, it starts you can go I mean you can go as far back as the you know say the, the 10th century even beyond, or beyond there um, to before at the birth of written music when um, it was illegal to perform music on the streets um, and to act. Um, In the UK, they would have travelling musicians and actors called mummers. That's M-U-M-M-E-R-S, mummers. And um, if they were caught, not in every village, um, I think Queen Elizabeth I allowed them uh, in certain parts of the UK, maybe London possibly, but in the provinces it was considered witchcraft and often you could um, mummers would get burnt uh, would be get executed, burnt at the stake a lot of them um, for, be, for the act of witchcraft, just for making music um, just by um, m- making a sound that was a not a natural sound with the mouth, you know, not just singing, but you know, uh, plucking rudimentary uh, instruments or, or making bashing rudimentary drums, um, because they just seems. Uh, I think they thought it was an act against God because it, the only place you should make music or be reverence to music is in was in church, and to and, and in the process and an act of adulation of Christ. Um, so there in itself is revolution and ever, just by them making that music outside. So you can go that far back, but really if we're going to talk about the evolution of popular music, um, we probably need to start really... We'll start with... It starts with jazz, doesn't it, really? It does start with jazz. 
Um, well, actually, it probably starts more with Baroque music, but we'll, we won't go that far back. We'll talk about, I think jazz is probably where it, it begins for me, because jazz was a and and, and um, a African-American music form, predominantly, um, which is an act of revolution in itself. Um, it's not, it's, so, you know, the, the fact that these poor, um, downtrodden um, peoples are, are not just re- revering God in church with their wonderful gospel music, but they're also um, making music that's, that's sort of almost back to their tribal um, uh, beginnings, where it's, it's sexual and sensual and um fun and in a, and and just not it's music again like like the mummers it's music to um elicit um a, a an emotional and a physical response that is not related to religion and so they create this wonderful um you know not all jazz is impenetrable blips and blops um a lot of it there's so many like metal like rock like pop there's so many different avenues of jazz um and but if you look at the basic root of jazz it is uh um a wonderful a, a time the, the time signatures of jazz um flow it's just, it's just like it's just i can't describe it how do i describe it um I, I'm, I'm only just getting into jazz guys this is why i'm sort of saying this in a sort of stuttered way i'm still really learning my feet around the music medium that i wish i knew more about it is something that i am um, studying or beginning to listen to so um, and I people might go, run away and go oh my god it's jazz but really if I'm going to sit here and talk about sometimes about the, the, the genesis and birth of music and, and talk about music in general you should really listen to all of it really shouldn't you so I'm trying anyway so what I, I gather it's it's this sort of you know even this sort of Haitian uh, voodoo is the wrong word but you know this sort of um, sweaty, sensual vibe, you know, in the in the bayous of America and the and in, in New Orleans, you know, and then that gets taken, that revolution gets taken over and and hijacked by, um, let's be honest, white New York Jews, white the Jewish community, take it on because again they're also um, a downtrodden and um, and put upon community so they 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 look at i think they probably look down um onto not look down as in condescendingly but they look backwards to their um their african-american kin and go well you know what what are they doing what 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 have they got that gives them a sense of identity and so musically and so they they take jazz and they but they take it and they make it more technical and more proficient and more um dare i say nerdy you know and then from there there you rock on to you roll on to i think the next big revolution from there is blues and i think the reason blues is a revolution that still rolls along today um i did an episode a few months back called uh, where the blues gone man um because I still believe that the heart of all rock and roll and all heavy rock and heavy metal, all 
modern rock, and to be honest, all modern music is blues because all our musical scales are generally based around a blues scale um, most of the time. Or bastardizations of it therein. Um, but so you got the blues. You have the blues. The blues comes along, and it's and it's it's the everyman music. Where's jazz? went from being the everyman music to a really um, complicated art form that, you know, sort of, you know, sort of nerdy, thick-rimmed glasses, guys with thick-rimmed glasses and, and, and you know, um, light brown corduroys and plastic slip-on shoes would, do, you know, smoking a pipe, um, sitting there in a big Wimbeck chair, you know, trying to, you know, with their glass of brandy, um, you know, pretending that it's that it's something that it's not. That's what they're doing. That's what they did. They took it away almost. And I think the thing with blues is the same. So bluesing, you know, we 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 move um, the downtrodden of the world into a different era. So, you know, again, the African-Americans of, this, of, of the 20s and 30s, um, now have a little bit more freedom because it's now post. Well, I say freedom loosely. Um, you have your, you know, you have the emancipation, and so they have more movement and freedom in some states, um, and they want again another identity and way to to express yourself or your identity. The best way to do it is through an art form medium. Either re- written word, either the you know music, um, painting, drawing, cinema, expression is easy. It's easy for human beings to express themselves through an artistic medium. And I think what they were doing is that what what we got with blues is we now have um, a, a more a more sophisticated um, yet yet simple um, version of, of jazz if you know what I'm going to come in from there right so they're taking um, they're, they're, I think and again I could be wrong there are probably people who have done really big studies into this but the way I look at it is that the the uh, black Americans and so I don't use the term black I don't say African American but it's not when I say black I mean that um not in a not in a I am white and you're black sense, but in in a, in a sense of their of their heritage. Um, so Af- African Americans or black black Americans, um, they were they wanted the, as we moved into the 20th century, um, they wanted more. Um, they got more, so they were they you know they were, they were holding down jobs, what they could. Um, they had you know. Um, a bit of expendable money they could buy a guitar they could they could they could they could have they had families and relationships and and and, and built lives um this is post-emancipation i meant to say okay but the trouble with that is um is that being such uh, a, a, a um but how it says without being such a a a, a sad time in the in the history of their community still you know the glimmer on the horizon that they could say and have what they would say and do what they want in certain parts of their country but on the same hand completely controlled and segregated 
Um, there's no law of slavery anymore. They are free men and women and children, but they are no longer, they are really not free men, women and children. They are not enslaved to one person, but they're enslaved to their color and their, um, their, and their uh, background and their socioeconomic background. So when these great bluesmen, and there were, you know, amazing great bluesmen, like my favorite is Albert King, but, you know, Muddy Waters and Buddy Guy and, you know, um, all those great, great John Lee Hooker, you know, all the great bluesmen. Um, when they were writing, when they were writing their music, they found a way. They found a musical form that wasn't jazz. It was a bit more, as I said, it was slightly different, simpler to jazz. But they found within the twelve bars, and we call it now twelve bar blues. But within the twelve bars, they found a way of expressing their sadness. Because again, as I said before, the way to express your um, yourself through art is you know do you really want to lie and say all oh, it's sunshine and happiness when really you know the best way or best thing to write about is the truth what you've done what you know is your truth is the easiest thing to write about what is truth to you and what experience to you so these people were writing songs that were sad you know and that's the reason why it's called the blues um that's, that's it really isn't it you know it, they are, a lot of the stuff is quite sad um, because it's experiences of them, you know, lost love, segregation, violence, um, death, um, poverty. Uh, but, um, and there there lies that revolution. Because in that revolution, and that rebellion, by, by saying, you know, I'm not just going to go to work in the factory, make you millions making rubber sole shoes, go home, and do the same thing mindlessly day after day. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go and sit on my very meek and uh, mild porch, where you know, uh, avoiding being hung up by the KKK, avoiding um, um, racial violence from my neighbours. Um, I'm going to write. I'm going to play this guitar, and all my friends around me are going to listen to me play, and I'm going to entertain my family and with my stories of woe. And they're going to do the same thing. And we're all going to be universally unhappy. <laughs> um, but in the same time, joyous. Because we are setting free our um, our worries. We set them free. As soon as they sing about their, their, their sadness, it's letting go of it. It's like why people go to church and confess. Or why they go to church and pray. Um, it's to let go of it. Free, be free of it. Um, to start another day in the same thing. Now... You might say, Tony, where's the revolution in that? Well, the revolution is sonically. So from um, jazz's, um, you know, overly complicated chord structures that was taken away from 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 the its roots and complicated by white middle class or white Americans um, to back to... Um, the you know African Americans again to revolutionize it to make this almost complex music in simple structures um, that itself alone is revolution or evolution or rebellion in fact because it's rebelling against um, I'm not just going to work I'm not just going to go and go to church and and sing gospel 
Um, I don't have the ability to now play the jazz that all these guys are now playing because no one will come and listen, but I can make this amazing um, 12 bar simple music that is in its same complicated, you know, if it's, it's the, if it's the, it might be the BB um, King box where it's just all played, you know, six notes in a box. It could be the Albert King solos all on one string. It could be the Buddy Guy's, um, you know, uh, he plays all up in E, you know, it, they're simple, but they're complicated. And that's the reason why Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton and you know, Gary Moore and, you know, I could, na- you know, I could name so many white blues guitarists from the UK um, drew to their music because it was complicated and simple at the same time. Um, it was it's a delicious mix. That's why I think it's at the best of all rock and roll now. So there's the evolution, I think, in rebellion there. Rebelling against um, the poverty. Because, I mean, a lot of the blues stuff is now in the 30s, so you've got coming out of the 20s with its depression, into 30s with the war, um, fighting for their country that they weren't thanked for do, thankful for doing. You know, they weren't thanked. They were sent there and they were just fodder. And honestly, they were just, you know, we know the stories. I'm not going into the make it a political um, podcast, but you understand what I'm saying. And so there's the first part of evolution and revolution in pop music. Um, you've got your jazz, then you've got your blues and again blues is again like jazz you've got my favorite which is blue bluegrass blues which is a very much sort of a skiffily sound um and very um uh slightly it's slightly but played in a slightly different key to traditional blues it's not the typical you know it's not that kind of you know status quo another song another song it's not uh, that kind of blues it's a little bit more, I mean, go, go, once you listen to this podcast and you stop, go and listen to some, you can get it on YouTube, just YouTube Blue, Bluegrass Blues and uh, see what you think. Um, Gary Moore was a big proponent. He loved Bluegrass Blues. And so he, it was one of his favorites. And Texas Blues as well, um, which is faster and more aggressive, um, which is, I think, where most heavy rock comes from, the Texas Blues aspect side, side of it. So there you go, starting off with a bit of, you know, not just playing music in church and then not just playing music um, for yourself but for for other people and then being able to afford guitars and be able to have a voice and be able to um, join in together. There's your revolution, right? and, And honestly, to me, I think that's probably, of all the musical revolutions that we'll talk about after this, I think they're the most important of the lot because the genesis and the DNA of all the music you're listening to now, even if it's some awful EDMA, whatever it is, beats thing, somewhere down there, deep in its, you know, atoms, right inside its chromosomes, right deep down in the, in its spark of life is the blues. And so we have to say, thank you for that and we have to say thank you for the evolution from jazz to blues um and so it goes to say right now i'm going to go and freshen my tea um and then when i come back on the other side we'll talk about everything from the blues onwards now as i said i i've not got this 
you know, historically accurate. Well, guys, don't go turning. I'm going. Oh, you didn't get the dates. I did blah blah blah. blah. No, no. This is just an anecdotal chat about how I feel. It's an emotional chat. I think yes, jazz, then blues, and of course jazz hasn't gone away. Jazz is still there, but jazz isn't as influential as blues would be, as I said, because it's been, it's been train spotted. It's been anoracked um, to a point where it's sort of almost anoracked itself out of the musical um, lexicon. Sadly, anyway. I'm going to go now and get my fresh tea. And I'll talk to you on the side, guys. Bye for now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back, guys, to the second part of the show, um, where we're talking about evolution and revolution—not evolution, revolution and rebellion in rock and roll. Now, I sort of quickly scared over the sort of the birth of, and I probably missed lots and annoy people, but jazz and then blues. Where do we go from there? Well, of course, the next revolution, the one that changes all, and the reason I'm sitting here doing my podcast, talking about this, and when you're listening to this podcast, is rock and roll. Rock and roll people, um, what a, it is what it is. So, 1950s America, okay? So, in fact, not even 50s, it'll be the 40s, mid-40s in America. Um, 
is when it will happen. I keep thinking it's the 50s, but that's more the UK. But yes, no, mid-40s. Okay, rock and roll emerged as a defined musical style in the United States in the mid to mid early to mid-50s. It derived most directly from the rhythm and blues music of the 1940s, which itself developed from earlier blues, the beat-heavy jump blues, boogie-woogie, up-tempo jazz and swing music. So, again, rock and roll music um, comes solely from uh, an evolution, or sorry, a revolution within blues. Okay, so... Uh, we we as human beings have taken this art this art form the blues which was quite you know musically drab and dark and sad because that's the sorry lyrically because that's the the truth of the people making the music but then the musicians of the 40s they wanted to make they they like they listened to the the core structures and the core progressions and the um and palette of colors and um that they had to play with and went well hang on we why don't we make this we use this wonderful 12 bars and speed up and add some you know brass and um make it a bit more fun and we could take it to the you know we can and we can dance to this this, this we can do something within this this 12 bar structure and they make as i said swing boogie woogie and big band and that, therefore, is a next revolution because, like, um, and of course, from then into rock and roll, of course, with Elvis and Little Richard and Jerry Lee Lewis, and uh, who passed away only recently, recently, um, in fact, yesterday, not before I recorded this program, um, and, and, and Little Richard, if I didn't mention him before, um, you know. So, they they the, you've got to think that coming out of the war, whereas the UK and Europe was um, bomb-ridden, damaged, pot, you know, it was a pocked-faced, pockmarked face of the world. You know, it was it was devastated um, eco- economically, emotionally, spiritually, physically, just absolutely depleted after five years of war, and but. On the other side of the Atlantic, the Americans, even though, yes, of course, they lost a lot of men in the war, but they came late into it and they were never really harmed apart from Pearl Harbor. So their country is in prosperity. They've lent lots of money money to Europe uh, in war reparations and so in loans. And then so we get they're paying them back. They're doing very, very well. Um, they have lots of manufacture. They have um, the first teenagers. So we first come across the, the concept of teenagers in in the 50s, late 40s and early 50s. Whereas before you went to school, you left school, you were a man, you were a woman, you that went into the workforce, you had children. There was no liminal state between youth and adult. It, you just, it was just so. And now this whole category of you know 16 oh sorry 13 to 18 suddenly was created now what do you do in that space when you have that space um you need to fill it and you need to, and of course people make want to make money 
And to make money, you have to exploit things sometimes. And to exploit that is what they did. So revolution-wise, they created a music that was aimed solely at the teenagers. Now they had part-time jobs. They had pocket money. They had money burning in their pockets. And who wants that money? The big corporations want that money. What bigger than money at the moment? What makes a teenager then more so then than net more then than now? What really drove a teenager? What drove teenagers was sex. Now, it drives all teenagers now, but it drove sex drove them then. And the only way they could really um, connect with the opposite sex uh, safely and with their parents' conception, you know. Um, uh, letting their parents do it not letting their parents allow them God I couldn't think of the word let their parents do it oh man Freudian slips um, uh, approval is the word I'm thinking of was to have the hops which were you know um, not what you put in your beer but what is you know like a dance a, a school hall dance and what music is going to make them move well you can't make teenagers move around and gyrate and dance to um, classical music you can't do it to jazz because it's too complicated and also seen as, as black people's music and so forth not really allowed same with blues again being African American these, you know some of these white families were not allowed the children still in some segregation still okay I mean we have still segregation here um, in the cities so they couldn't dance to that music so what happens is people like Elvis Presley and Little Richard and they they hear um, growing up listening to the blues because Elvis grew up in a house um, in a poor neighbourhood um, and listened to a lot of jazz and mixed with a lot of um, African Americans listening to jazz and blues and then you know, like anything, like any seed of revolution, something changes. Something in they hear something and go, "I can do something else with this, and I can take this elsewhere." And overnight, almost, with the Sun Records, Elvis's Sun Records, he suddenly made. That's why, because I don't, and I'll stop. I don't want to be. I'm not an Elvis fan. Okay, I understand his historical significance. And I understand more and more as I get older how important he is. Musically, not much for me. Because my grew up in the house and my dad um, loved Buddy Holly. And my mother loved Elvis. And there was lots of arguments in the house over it. Um, and my dad used to always win. And therefore, we just listened to Buddy Holly. Uh, but that again, same part of the rock and roll movement. So along comes rock and roll. And it becomes exciting, right? And you've got Chuck Berry, you know, throwing his shapes all over the stage, playing these outrageously fast then, uh, and interesting bastardizations of blues solos um, to a faster, skippier beat. Um, and now, for the first time, the bass is coming heavy into the, instru- into the, into the line-up. And suddenly you've got this more dynamic, um, sexualized... Uh, Aggression, um, post-war. That the the, the the more older members of the community were very scared of. I mean, there's a reason why they only shot Elvis from the waist up, um, because his gyrating hips, according to 
the British censors would inflame women and girls. And of course it did. Of course it did, because you imagine the revolution there. You're, you, you're sitting there, you, you, you pl- life is planned out ahead of you. You know, you're going to go to school. You're not going to learn much as a female, sadly. You're going to be taught, you're going to be taught how to cook, clean, um, respect your elders, be religious, and look after your husband. And I'm, I'm not condoning that. It's just what it was then. Um, and suddenly, you're 13 years old, you turn the TV on, and then a little black and white image on a TV, a, a soundstage in in... in in New York or in LA or wherever he was, is Elvis doing jailhouse rock. It's infectious. It's joyful. It's movement. There's, it's just all of a sudden there would be a, I hate this term, there's a burning in your loins, right? There's a, there's a, there's a fire in your belly and you want to go out and you want to dance those dances. So how do it? And so for that moment, for that little period, there's a revolution there. From blues, big band and swing to rock and roll, and of course it went across the UK into the UK and in Europe. And in the UK we had um, we had Bill Haley and the Comets or Rock Around the Clock. We had um, our own version of which was called Skiffle. Now Skiffle was like rock and roll, but it and blues mixed. But it was there were sort of made instruments. You'd have a um, a box with a, a broom handle and a string on it and you'd make a bass double bass out of it there's a very very good book by Billy Bragg about the history of skiffle in the UK and I highly recommend it anyway that aside it takes over the world rock and roll skiffle rock it then becomes just rock and roll becomes rock and so it gets quashed again doesn't it it gets pushed into a box and squeezed down and they have hops and you have then you have um you have places where the music can be played but it's sanitized and clean so again the revolution is there for a short period but it's still there it's still burning because what it's done is it's take it's unleashed it's unleashed the demons inside the 12 bars of blues and the craziness of jazz. And it has opened up a whole new um, Pandora's box of goodies, right? There's a reason why it says the devil has the best tunes, yeah? And that rock and roll music, that rock and roll music creeps across the Atlantic, okay? And ends up in the hands People that would become, you know, it was, they would they would they would trade their records. The Beatles were a good example. They would because they were in the port of Liverpool, where the records were coming in off the boats from sailors. They would trade for money or goods for these singles, which were rare, and they would play them and learn to play them. And they and that's where that sound evolves, particularly through Europe and in the UK. And that's how the UK rock scene um, starts to grow. And that's why the early Former before you had rock and roll, but then it then the, then the next revolution was in the UK was blues refound. So we we as a nation, well, I say we the Brits as a nation discovered the blues again because again it was hidden. It was an American thing. What we wouldn't know much about it because it comes through onto the boats and through through the immigrants coming into the UK 
um, suddenly we had blues. And so then there was a big blues explosion. That's not really so much a revolution, but it, it does re re it does tie in with the rock and roll revolution there. But then rock, where's you know then then rock and roll dominated the the, the airways for ten. 15 years from the 50s into the 60s all forms of rock and roll okay you know you have your your blues breakers you have cream you have the beatles you have the who you have um mod bands you know blues i mean the who were a blues band black sabbath were a blues band um and so that's where they started they were playing there before it then evolved and revolved again and Firstly, and I'm going to say this because I cannot stand this form of music. I'm not a big fan of it. But this is what I'm about to talk to you about in a minute. But this is another important, this is the next phase of evolution, sorry, of rebellion in rock and roll. So you have a rock and roll, but it becomes, after 10 years, it becomes normal. The, the kids that were listening to it when they were 13 are now 23. Adults are having children of their own. It's not a shock anymore. But then we have the Vietnam. We have war. Because the world is always full of war. It's a sad fact of life. But there is conflict everywhere in the world. Um, and, the, and then we have Vietnam. Okay? We have Vietnam that the war that should never really have been fought, um, but was. Hippies. Hippies is hippies, hippies is what I was trying to come to. Ignore my war statement there. Um, I don't. I'm not trying to be political. It's just that you know, it is what it is. Um, hippies. Now, why is the hippie revolution important? The next important step from rock and roll. It is important for one or two things, or three things actually. Um, LSD. Okay. Drugs, baby, drugs, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, oh, I've got the munchies, all that kind of stuff. Um, now, there were always drugs in music, okay? Quite well known that a lot of jazz men would take in, would take in opium, blues guys were drinking, smoking weed, yeah, they were doing that. But the hippie movement, I myself find it hard to associate with hippies um, in it as a hippie movement thing because it's a musical revolution and a youth movement that basically did nothing um, that aside I love prog rock and a lot of prog rock is quite hippie so contradictory that I am that's human beings who can contradict ourselves it's fine what I don't believe in is that we that you can change the world musically um, and um, politically by all sitting in a field taking drugs to the point where you couldn't move as I said before you know people take drugs now and they take LSD and they go out to a party my brother would take LSD and he was the chair okay he couldn't leave the chair he was the chair um, I've said it before and I've said it again exactly what it was um, I don't believe that it did anything that aside, it's a revolution. It's a rebellion. It's, again, youth, teenagers. Um, now, the teenagers of the 60s 50, uh, are, are 
more informed and intelligent than the teenagers of the 50s. No longer, we've, you know, we are now giving the vote to, uh, to everyone and there are women's rights and there are black rights and the world is changing. We have sexual revolution because now women can be in control of their birth control, which means they can then control their sexual partners. And there's a revolution. And in that, in that revolution, those children, those teenagers, they want to make music that expresses themselves and their movement and their religion and their beliefs. And so they make... And, you know, the Beatles, they, they transformed into a hippie band with Sgt. Pepper and, and beyond, with John Lennon and Yoko Ono and the Plastic Ono Band. Um, and, of course, you know, a lot of those 60s... Um, flower power bands but inside the outs the only downside to that aspect is that there was no musical revolution inside the hippie movement I think the only true I mean you can say pet sounds and you can say Sgt. Pepper all you want to me and yes they are musically um, they you know they are musically diverse and very, very um, strong view that they are. They change the way of modern music. Uh, I'm going to sort of side note that in a second. Yes, they did, but they were in their mid, late twenties, early thirties. These were not children. This is they were. This is not. A, this isn't a youth movement revolution in their music. Musically, yes, but they'd already been playing for such a long time before then. That the music they were making was really by accident, probably, um, and by the, the use of drugs um, and the technology growth of, of the sixties, a putting them out on the moon and so on. Um, they grew themselves musically with the equipment they could use which opened up their minds, which they used the drugs to open up their minds even further. Uh, so I think more revolution musically-wise, to be honest, if you're talking about Psychedelia, the greatest psychedelic album is Disraeli Gears by Cream. Now, you might shout around your microphone, your speaker at me and say, but it's just a blues album. Um, yes, it is. But but Ulysses, the tale of Ulysses, um, is... Just put that on, all right? Tales of Brave Ulysses, the third track on side two. The uh, album was released in 1967. I, just, I, my personal belief is that's where the hippie musical movement and revolution coalesced. Yes, you also have Eric Clapton. This cannot be denied. I'm oh, sorry, Eric Clapton, sorry, um, Jimi Hendrix. But again, Jimi Hendrix, and I'm going to really annoy people here uh, to a point is just uh, a really fucked off his face bluesman. Um, yes, I mean, he did some crazy revolutionary sounds and some crazy amazing things. But again, it's all driven by what he put in himself. Um, and so that's... And so the hippie movement... So where am I? I'm sidetracking. So hippie movement. So what they do, they, they introduce mind-altering chemicals into... The youth move, youth, and the more intelligent youth society and movements, creating more interesting and revolutionary music with um, hippie, with like flower power music, and, and then into and then into prog. 
this is another thing so we go from the hippies of the 60s doing not much in their movement but revolutionizing um the the way that we use uh we open our mind to music and by opening our mind by those bands expanding their minds with chemicals not, i'm not condoning it it's what they did um they tapped into more wild and crazy jazz-based musical nodes and blues stuff that you know they're then children of the revolution thank you uh any t-rex fans out there then children of the revolution um so the kids sort of too young to take drugs in the 60s who were then sort of moving into um, adulthood and teenage years and adulthood in the late 60s and early 70s. They were then growing up listening to music that was more intricate and thick and diverse and more prog. Hence, the next musical revolution is prog. It's the progressive rock mu- mu- movement. Now, again, you're going to probably roll your eyes and go, I knew we'd get to prog somewhere. No. Um, all leads, all roads lead to progs like um, my wife and I have this theory if you watch one of those MTV top 10 records of you know top 10 rock songs and top 10 rock lyrics and top 10 rock videos all leads to Queen I dare you try the experiment it all leads to Queen always number one somewhere or two is Queen um, anyway that aside so the musical revolution of prog why is it revolution why is it uh, evolution uh, rebellion it's more evolution that sorry re, i keep saying evolution I, wrong word in my head it's more a, a um rebellion or as i said because they are moving away from um the simplicity of some of the pop music made of the 60s um you know there was a lot of simplicity because we went from complex complexity to simplicity and the revolution there is that they took complexity and brought it back but what they did is they instead of giving it back to the common man um they kept it for themselves and made it a um like monty python people consider monty python there was a there was a crowd wasn't there was the monty python crowd or the um, the goodies crowd, right? Um, and the Monty Python crowd is usually more intelligent, more educated university types. And I think this is what happened with the revolution for Prague because they took the simplicity of pop music, they didn't want it anymore. They wanted the accessibility of the simplicity of rock and roll, but they wanted they wanted to go and move into complex. Oh, there's my phone going. Ignore that one second. Seamless edit. And back with us now. Um, they wanted to see. They wanted. They wanted the simplicity and the of pop. They wanted the complexity of classical music and jazz and uh, and uh, and R and B. And they wanted to take a bit of everything. Um, now, it is solely where all these other revolutions I'm talking about are, to some extent, mainly global. Um, apart from some early early blues and jazz, you know, after that, rock and roll is a global phenomena. Um, prog rock is more a British phenomena. I had this discussion with John the other day. Yes, you know, it's about 
breaking out from your musical um, shackles, but at the same time, it's also a very British thing because it's very, um, it's very pastoral. It's very whimsical. It's very British, like Python, as I said. But the but the the reason that the the that that Prague is is a revolution um, is because they then unshackled. Um, rock and roll and, and 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 gave it a bit more width instead of just being you know one two three four it opened up the the the, the vista for you to, and the field of which to play in but unfortunately what they did like all like revolutions like all revolutions they tend to fail um hippies fail because you can only take so many drugs and sitting in a field picking flowers doesn't change anything um same with the progressive rock it it's, it's it gets such to a point where you end up going reversing straight up your own fundament um and no one will listen and you just become a footnote in history now there are many 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 prog bands out there that i could name that, that you would know there are hundreds and hundreds of others that you wouldn't um and the ones you know are ones you know because they they tend to straddle the fine line of rock and roll pop music. Um, Genesis, uh, Pink Floyd, even though I don't think Pink Floyd are prog. I'm doing this with air quotations. Um, sorry, John, I know it makes your eyes roll. Um, Pink Floyd, Genesis, yes, so on. Um, now, that evolution, sorry, that revolution, evolution, revolution, I cannot get my head around it. That revolution... Um, petered out the three or four year window and it sort of it was very much a British thing didn't go anywhere to some extent it did create lots of other bands I'm not saying when I say this revolution didn't go anywhere these revolutions didn't go anywhere I don't mean it didn't they failed because we still listen to their music now and other bands still play in those forms of music there's no failing it's just they didn't if you were having an agenda if you were to have an agenda you would and you were to write it down like a party political broadcast, it didn't do what they said they were going to do. Um, it didn't do what it said in the packet, let's just be honest. Um, prog is coming back now because people, again, are searching for something new that they don't realise is new, is old, because it's been buried away. So, but, so, again, we have stadiums sold out. We have m- m- multi-million dollar ELP or LS- Emerson, Lake and Palmer tours. We get... You know, Wembley Stadium, filled out, and then, and then, then playing fanfare to the common man. You know, this 15-minute, you know, Moog-driven masterpiece. Um, so people were buying it, people were listening to it, but it was limited. And the people that were buying it were then getting older, because it, it was the university types were buying it. And then going off and getting married, having kids, and putting music on the back burner. So the youth movements... The youth movement had nowhere to go. Where was its revolution? Where was its rebellion? So, Bang Crash Wallop, the uh, the greatest of all the musical revolutions, punk happened. Punk happened, 77, 76, 77. Now, of course, it happened simultaneously across the um, two continents, Europe and America. The American punk movement, where the name, where the name is means a different thing um, is more 
art house, more almost, dare I say it, proggy music in the New York scene. Very much the one small eight block area around the CBGBs. You know, your blondie, your, your talking heads, television, the Ramones, these, these bands. Um, they were making this sort of art house, sort of eccentric, um, almost disco driven music. Like there was a sort of, a, there was a sort of a, a, a almost disco esque theme to some of it. And making the music um, again with things like bands like New York Dolls, who were sort of glam. Um, I'm not using, oh, by the way, also, I'm not putting glam as a revolution because glam, I'm. I want something that, if I put, I put if I put every musical revolution in this, we'd be here all day. So I'm sort of skipping some and, and glam. So those that go, what about glam? Forget it for the moment, okay? Park it elsewhere. So in the UK, um, now in America. So as I said right at the beginning of the show, there is. They've come out of Vietnam. There are still there is still unhappiness. You've got. Um, assassinations of presidents you've got economic crashes you've got you know socio-economic unrest with um you know black panther movements and all this sort of all that sort of stuff going on but really the most most people on the street um in most cities were well fed they had good cars good houses good jobs good education Across the ocean, though, back in London, we are still fighting post-war. There were still bomb sites. I grew up walking around areas that were still bomb sites. Um, I remember as a young boy um, in the east end of London, my grandfather. There were still bomb sites. There was the three-day week, 1973, where you could only work for three days. So they cut all the... Because the miners were on strike. So they cut all the power after those three days no tv no lighting no nothing you know your dad only worked for three days so if you only got three days pay and at that time there was only usually one breadwinner in the house so therefore we were you know everyone there was then there weren't handouts from the government you had to survive on those three days wages um i remember eating you know um as a young boy listening to the radio there was battery powered under candlelights one of my young earliest memories um you know, there was there was shit in the streets. There was piles of rubbish in the streets. There was, it was drab. It was brown or avocado green. It was, it was wet all the time. It was it was just horrendous. It, it was just absolute high unemployment, high inflation. Um, we were still paying our loans back to countries. You know, after the war, we had men and women that were, you know, raising their children, their grandchildren, who were war victims and veterans and so on. And so when, you know, when uh, John Lydon, Steve Jones, and Paul Cook, and Glenn Matlock form a band um, in a revolutionary, sent around a revolutionary clothing store called Sex um, in in West London, you know, in uh, Chelsea. When you that when 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 Vivian Westwood makes, you know, defamatory um, and uh, aggressive political statements um, to shock and to create uh, and evoke a powerful emotion, um, and they make an album 
that completely changes the music industry completely. Now, the punk the punk movement in America had the English punk movement never happened. Nothing would have happened. It would have just been a footnote in history. The only band I truly believe that would have done anything was the Ramones because they were truly different. But it would have done nothing. It would have just gone quiet. Whereas the UK's punk movement, because they had seen the Ramones and they wanted the speed, the power, the amphetamine drive of of punk, the American punk, that particular part of American punk, they took it to their and they played it with their simple music, their simple love of rock and roll. Um, yes, drug fueled, um, of course it was. Like most youth movements, there was a drug element, um, but most of it, the most of it was um, self-contained, to be honest. So they take this and they make it political the Americans would never do it make a political statement they have at that point far too scared far too white and middle class sorry Americans if you're listening to this I'm not offending I'm not being offensive to your nation or you as a people it's just time frame so overnight I'm not going to go through the whole punk movement but overnight musically they 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 went we don't want these 18 minute um bloated uh orchestral pieces we want rock and roll again we want we want the power and the fun and the speed and the and the energy of of elvis but we want it our way and we want it harder and faster and more aggressive louder and louder and louder and more political now not all punk bands of the 70s were political in fact they weren't i think there's only a handful really the clash and the pistols um but most of the time it was bands just wanted to make fun rock and roll fuzz tone guitars anyone can do it and there's a revolution that's why it's the most emphatically the most important revolution in music because anyone can do it that was their ethos diy music now purists might go there and say oh but it's noise they make yeah it's noise but without them making noise silence and with silence no music it can't obviously be carried on the shoulders of people that are musically illiterate to the point of madness. It has to be the fire rock and roll. Elvis couldn't play very three chords. And that's all he needed. And it's the same with the punk. It's three chords. And that revolution, that petered out very quickly. And the reason that revolution petered out quickly um, was because drugs, again. Okay. It came along and it destroyed um, heroin now, which is more pernicious and more destructive. Um, and it it also, when you burn that bright and that fast, it can only burn to a certain degree. And to me, when, when Sid died, the revolution died. Full stop. Because he was, he was, for me, the heart of the revolution. Now, what, what the revolution is important because it echoes and still echo now. Um, you don't get echo. You get very fine echo ripples of punk, of prog. You get fine, e- fine echo ripples of hippie, of the hippie movement. You get very fine echo ripples in the water of music of jazz and blues. But the punk stuff is still there because they didn't need a record label. They didn't need to go to some corporate idiot to say yes, I can sell that as a record. They could do it themselves, and that's why it's important because overnight people who had a 
want and an ability create some fantastic music. Yes, they made some mess, but they made some fantastic music that's still played today, that still um, pushes forward. And why it's important as well is because even though us long-haired nutters who love our heavy metal, I love my punk, but love our heavy metal, will say to you, say, well, what's, where do we fit in? We fit in because of punk. Because without punk, I know that um, your Black Sabbaths and your, your Deep Purples are bluesmen and so they're but they're they're only heavy rock okay that that sits above your rock and roll as a subgenre. then you have your heavy metal peers because again teenagers that were that are growing up that were too young for punk but now a bit older once the punk is starting to burn out they want something themselves they want the fire and the passion and the aggression uh, of rock of punk but they also want the storytelling and technicality of prog so they combine and, and they'll, but they want the wall of sound of, he, of heavy rock and it combines to make the next musical revolution which is heavy metal now heavy metal is still it's a, an ongoing evolution and re, sorry revolution and rebellion because even so not so much now like the 80s where it would have you know people were offended and they were burning records and the satanic panic and no it doesn't really care anymore that's it doesn't really make waves anymore that's not due to the music form that's due to the way we consume music um and the way that music is no longer a coach is cultural a cultural phenomenon that's important to teenagers uh, as, as it was to us old folk so the heavy metal phenomena and the revolution and that that revolution there is still ongoing because it's it's a it's uh it's a time we still live in this in this in this revolution in this revolution because inside our world of heavy metal there are more internal revolutions and rebellions you know pushing aside the technicality of the 80s where you know um, if you didn't have a million notes in a bar and you couldn't play as fast as as a speed of light you weren't really heavy that now is sort of moving aside and there's more um, crunching A chords and, 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 and aggression. Um, lot, you know, you had that whole New York, um, American LA hair metal scene, which I can't stand, you know, where it's all um, where they grab. And I was talking about parking the glam, take the glam back out off the shelf. There it is. There's, there's, well, there, that's their um, revolutionary um, focal point. Every revolution has a focal point, and hair metal, was, hair metal revolution was glam, the androgyny of, of glam. Is it a man? Is it a woman? The David Bowie story, right? Um, and then you have uh, some of the the, the hard, the harder, faster, aggressive metal stuff points directly to the punk and to in fact not so much the first wave of punk but the second wave in the 80s so you're exploited and uh, extreme ways terror um you know all that sort of oi sound without the without the skinhead aggression they were grabbing that um you know you you, you then you then want to be rebellious in again within the heavy metal scene and you go to the church burning satanic um, black underground metal that's impenetrable, impenetrable in some places but beautiful in others and that's another revolution that's ongoing within our own musical realm that we listen to um, so ours I consider or metal as a, as a re revolution as a rebellion is still going on um, because it's still relevant um, even from 
you know, and I consider the birth of heavy metal for me is a new wave of British heavy metal. So 81, 80, 81 onwards, um, that post-punk British metal sound. Um, and I think that sound is, is still going on. We're still doing it, still evolving it and still revolving it. Um, are there other musical revolutions? Yes, there are since then and ongoing i mean we i mean i'm I'm not going to go over them but we can discuss them because i'm getting over the hour mark now but um you know you have 80s you have sorry disco in the 70s which i completely missed there's a revolution right okay and again that's about fun freedom sex and drugs a bit like an amped up version of the hippies died off because there's only so much within that musical Subgenre that musical genre can do it doesn't have anywhere to expand um and i think that's how evolutions rev- revolutions evolve um because they can they need a a point of expansion and i think metal is continuously expanding rock and roll only expanded a certain far blues could only go a certain way prog could only really go a certain way because of its own fundament you know, got its own fundamental points. Um, although you get neo prog movements and so on, but anyway, that's a, not a revolution or rebellion. Um, although it sort of is because it's pushing against modern pop music, um, so it is a sort of a semi rebellion. Um, and then you've got your your electronic music of the eight, late eighties and early nineties, or your keyboard driven stuff, or your ahas and whams, and you know, um, uh, human leagues and so on and so forth. Um, Tubeway Army, all that sort of that was a revolution and evolution uh, and rebellion because that was saying I don't need guitars, we don't need your guitar, we don't need six strings and chords and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of practice. I can get this box, I can play a rudimentary um, um, chord pattern, hit a button and fill it with all these wonderful sounds I can create music with. So there is a revolution. That itself is still ongoing as well, because that now has moved on to your EDMs and your, your and your pop music that's now you know made in your made made in the bedrooms. But that also harks back to the revolution of punk, because without punk, people wouldn't be making music in their bedrooms and their houses. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you in this microphone um, gibberish, would I? Because it just would be, it just wouldn't happen because of that revolution. So there are ongoing revolutions still, but the one that, that's, for me, that's ongoing the most is still heavy metal because it it all still has so much more to give. Um, anyway, that's me rabbiting on. Um, I've gone way too long, but that's okay. I'm sure you don't mind listening to my, my lovely mellifluous voice. Um, let me have some tea, one second. I hope you've enjoyed it. I really enjoyed thinking about revolution and evolution and, and rebellion. I had to put evolution in there because I kept saying it. Oh, God, it's such a similar word. You sit here and try and not say evolution when you meant to say revolution. Um, anyway, um, I am about to go now and take a, take a nice fresh drink. And um, I will see you next week. Hopefully it's not so wet and um, my phone doesn't go off and... I don't go off on a tangent. Well, I probably will. That's why you come here, isn't it? Anyway, talk to you soon, guys. Uh, have a spooky Halloween. If you've, I hope you've had a spooky Halloween. I hope you've had a really good 
if you're in the UK, a bonfire's night and you've kept safe and you've lit the blue touch paper and stood well back, um, please, if you don't know what that means, Google it or ask one of your English mates. Anyway, bye for now. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.